Welcome back to the Hungry for Success podcast. On this episode of the show, I sat down with Chelsea Stegman, who is a registered dietitian and certified personal trainer. During this interview, we talked about uh, all sorts of different things, such as like what a dietitian does, all the different other um, nutritional certifications, and we also talked about things like water consumption, accountability, just all kinds of different talking points. So uh, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Make sure you ch- check Chelsea out on Instagram and see all the awesome stuff she's doing. Chelsea, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm uh, very happy to have you on the show today. I'm excited too. It's my first official podcast. Oh, I've been I- on Instagram lives and stuff, but nothing recorded like this. So I'm excited. You're not nervous, are you? A little, but not too much. (laughs) (laughs) I've done stuff a little It it won't be too bad, I promise. But uh, how are, so you're in Chicago, right? I am. How are your, how's like the COVID and all that kind of stuff there? So I've been back and forth. Um, It's definitely, they're a lot more strict here, I would say. So it's a little bit different. but yeah, I just go outside, mostly hang outside this summer. I don't know what I'm going to do in the winter, honestly, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, sh- little- the Chicago yeah. winter is pretty brutal. I've only been to Chicago like four or five times and it's been the winter every time. And so I've mm-hmm. done nothing but freeze there. Yeah. Yeah. So if I can't be indoors at places, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> so has that, uh, how is that affecting you with like gyms and stuff like that? Are you like finding ways to get around that? Yeah. Um, so I can dive into this a little bit later. Um, but I actually, so I just went off on my own, which we'll discuss. Um, but I am partnering with a one-on-one training gym right now. Um, so they do strength, um, and it's all one-on-one training. So it's really cool. Um, there's like four to five people tops in the gym at a time. Um, so it's definitely really safe, all masks. So I'm working out there, running outside. I do yoga outside. Um, And then I also do a boot camp as well. So I'm finding ways. Yeah, I definitely want to get into that. But before we get too far into that, I want to uh, let the listeners know like a little about you and your background, all the stuff you got Mm -hmm. going on. Yeah. Um, So I'm a registered dietitian. I've been a dietitian for about five years. Um, I've been a trainer for about three to four years, I would say. Um, Mostly do nutrition work, do a little bit of training on the side. Mostly I like to talk broad level when it comes to training. Um, I also finished my master's about two years ago. Um, So I definitely have had a huge journey and a lot of experience for my age, I would say. Um, I started off just with my education at Miami University. So I did a four-year degree there. Um, And then I finished my dietetic internship, which for some of you who aren't familiar with our path, um, it's practicum hours. So it's 1200 supervised practice hours. So we work under dietitians in different settings. Um, So I did that uh, for about a year. And then I moved to Cincinnati, worked for a gym for about three years. Um, So it was a lifetime fitness, if some of you are familiar. And then I moved to the city and worked here for about two years um, at a local gym. So we have about 10 locations here. Um, And then recently, within the past two months, I decided to go off on my own and start my own business. So that's where I am right now. And we can get into the details about everything um, in the future. Awesome. Well, 
congrats on starting your own business. Like that's a big leap. Um, I mean, I think, uh, so the show is obviously called hungry for success and it's not necessarily just in health, but also business and stuff like that. So it's awesome to see people who are like go getters and trying to grow. And, uh, you know, one thing I think that like same mentality probably helps you with like your health and fitness and stuff too. Right. Oh, definitely. They'll go hand in hand. I would say. Awesome. So I want to get into like the education part a little bit, because honestly, I have never worked with like a dietitian, nutritionist, any of that kind of stuff. So what does, so you said like 1200 hours of working under a dietitian and a bunch of different, I guess, like fields. Um, What does a dietitian do? And like, what kind of stuff have you been exposed to like doing all those different fields and stuff? Yeah. Um, so we start with our undergrad, so that's four years, and it's a very specific curriculum. Um, so it involves about two years of chemistry, food science, um, I could go on and on, statistics, etc. cetera, um, but very specific when it comes to that. And then after your four years, you do have to apply for a dietetic inter- internship, it's called. Um, so it's essentially like a matching process. Um, it's a very, very stressful <laughs> situation. Um, <laughs> dietitians can attest to that. Um, But you basically apply, you rank certain schools, they rank you, you're matched one, you open up your email one day. And it told me that I was going to Louisiana. So I did. (laughs) Um, So I lived then in Monroe, Louisiana. Um, I worked for a school, Louisiana Tech University, if some of you are familiar with that. And then I worked also with the hospitals around there. Um, So we did clinical Um, which is mainly working with diabetes, disease states, kidney dialysis even, um, and then food service management actually in that setting. Um, And then let's see what else. I worked for in a gym with someone who owned their own business as well. Um, I had a pretty decent cardiovascular disease, so some outpatient, some inpatient. Um, We worked with tube feeding, so we were exposed to a lot. And then beyond that, I did move um, back to Cincinnati and worked for a gym, as I said. So it's more the preventative side versus the treatment side. So there's a whole spectrum there, I would say. Yeah, I mean, that's like a, that's a lot of different stuff. But one thing I guess I picked up on what you said there is, well, kind of two things. One is you just named like 30 things. And most people think of a dietitian, like you're just like talking about food all the time, right? But Mm -hmm. you're, you're talking about like, um, I guess the nutrition side of things is so complicated whenever you really dig down to it and more, way more than people know. Um, but I guess what I picked up on is you're talking about working in gyms and stuff more in the, um, preventative side of things. So, Mm -hmm. you know, with people being in the gym and working on their nutrition, do you think they can really prevent like a lot of these things that we see that like reoccurring in the, uh, you know, that the news is talking about heart disease, diabetes, all these kind of things. Exactly. And I like to think of it, I have a little visual that I show people, it's almost like a spectrum. So we have the treatment side where you actually have that disease state, a middle set point. And then on the other side, it's where you start experience like some of those symptoms. So fatigue, even um, just symptoms of blood sugar fluctuation, but not diagnosed diabetes. Um, so I usually work on people at the right side of the, of the spectrum. So just reducing some of those symptoms, just feeling functioning your best. So, okay. but yeah, really for that treatment side and prevention side, so we can prevent some of those chronic diseases. That's awesome. Um, 
one thing that I was curious about is, so we're kind of talking about the things you've done here, but you see, I see a lot of different credentials out there and a lot of, um, I guess, professionals, as I guess you would call them. So there's like, um, dietitians, nutritionists, like NASM has like a certified nutrition coach and a fitness nutrition specialist. Like what, so if a person is like overweight and they're looking to lose some weight and just live like an overall healthier lifestyle, like who should they go see? I guess in my opinion, it's like a little, uh, confusing. Yeah, it is. Um, and I would say one, it's up to their own discretion. I mean, they should shop around. They should just make sure they're a good match for the professional. Um, I wouldn't discredit any credentials. Um, what sets us apart, I would say, is one, the medical side. So we're always just, we have your best medical interest in mind, definitely. So we can see if you're going to have like kidney issues, anything like that um, down the road, we can definitely prevent that. Um, two, rooted in research. So we, we've done research, so we definitely know that it's valuable. Um, so everything that we do is research-based, I would say. Um, and three, we want to make sure that you have a good relationship with food too. So it's that counseling side that we do. Um, so more, we're just in it for the long term for you. So that's kind of what sets us apart. But if you have any questions about specific credentials, I'd be glad to answer. Yeah, I was just kind of thinking about it when I was trying to wrap my mind around um, these things is like, you can tell me if I'm wrong, I could be completely off base. But if you, you know, if you have like a significant, like a really, really significant amount to wait to wait to lose, or if you have like a health problem already, or you're creeping up on a health problem, I was thinking like, that's probably the time you definitely want to see like a dietitian. If you're just like a normal person that is like, struggling to lose like 10 or 15 pounds maybe that's when you see just like a a fitness coach with a certification or something like that it could be and again it's beneficial to shop around um just talk to different professionals but dietitians definitely can work in that realm too um so yeah it just depends on your connection with them if you're seeing progress if you feel motivated um so really what's the best for you so when do you think that someone should pursue like professional nutritional help? Um, I would say, again, if they do have a weight loss goal, it's in their best interest. Um, Everything I do is very individualized. um, So it's not a one size fits all. Um, So if you've tried, say, a lot of diets in the past, which is super common, and you just want just sustainable habits, um, that's when you would. So... Yeah, looking back on my journey, it's like I I tried every kind of diet you can imagine and yo-yo dieting and like the whole nine yards. And, you know, it took me a substantial amount of time to get where I'm at now and still by far not perfect when it comes to food, nutrition and my relationship with it. But mm-hmm. I probably could have saved myself a lot of time by getting help, uh, you know, from the beginning, you know, yeah. um, and not had to go through some of the struggles that I went through. Yeah. Um, And I would say one main thing that we do is help you prioritize. Like this is the first step you should make and just gradual steps um, with one, our knowledge, two, research, three, just knowing your background and we kind of dive deep into your background as well. Well, that's a really good point because somebody uh, sent me, you know, replied to one of my stories on uh, Instagram and just said, 
where, how do you get out of like your own way or like, what's the hardest part of starting um, and that they were struggling. And it's like, for me, the hardest part of starting and getting out of my own way was, you know, you look online, you can type in nutrition or how do I lose weight in there's like 50 people telling you 50 different things. Right. So that prioritization, like you're talking about in having a detailed plan of where to go from there. I think that's like the critical part in all of this. Yeah. It makes it less overwhelming, um, gives you just simple goals to follow, um, holds you accountable and hopefully you develop a relationship with the person that you're working with. So you feel comfortable addressing just any challenges that you have as well. Yeah. So I've heard you talk a couple of times now about like the, you're finding a person that you're like connected to and you're working with well and can develop that relationship. So, you know, when a client comes to you, you know, what are you, what's that exchange? Like, what are you got, what are you looking for in a client? What should they be looking for in a, uh, a professional to help them? Yeah. Um, and so I always do just free discovery sessions. So it's really just getting to know you. Um, and that's for that purpose. Exactly. Just getting to know one, your background to what you worked through before. Um, and just what you're looking for in the future too. Um, so hopefully we can goal set together. Um, but really what I'm looking for in clients, um, as I said, I was a trainer. Um, so I definitely do talk about that just active lifestyle in general. Um, so more of that sports nutrition and weight loss as well. Um, so I, that's more of my brand right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but someone who, again, isn't into the complete rigid, let's count every single thing that comes into my mouth, macros every single day. Um, but keeping a good set plan and just instilling habits is more my brand. Gotcha. So if a person, you know, cause I think kind of in some ways those things go side hand in hand, like the, in some ways the weight loss and the sports nutrition, because like, so me in my story is like, I found things like powerlifting and jujitsu and, uh, you know, I ran a half marathon, all these things, like I got into for sport and that really like kept me going to want to fuel my body properly. Like, you know, I'm not doing any of those things necessarily to lose weight, but I know that if I fuel my body properly with that high calorie output, I can, I can lose weight. Um, so those, you know, those things can go together, but one thing that I've always been nervous about is, um, there are a lot of like uh, snake oil salesmen out here that are feeding people a bunch of lies when it comes to nutrition and exercise plans and stuff. So if I'm a person coming to you or another coach, like, do you have any tips of like what I should be looking for in a, a person I want to help me? That wants to talk with me? No, like, uh, so if I'm looking for a coach, are there any oh. kind of like red flags I should be looking for or things that, are, that I should steer away from? Definitely. Um, one, if they try and instill fear in you. Um, so more of that fear sales um, um, and just going off of that. We want to focus on the positives, focus on what you should add, how you should fuel your body. Um, and that's really going to help you for the long term. Um, also, if there's a bunch of products they're trying to market or anything like that, um, food first. And some of those are valuable, um, but definitely that food first is what most dietitians and professionals do preach so those are two main things that I look out for but definitely that fear um, and we want a good relationship with food like I said um, and something for that long term Um, also go ahead sorry 
less thing diets, just any short term diet. Um, yeah. That's usually when the yo yoing starts. And I'm sure we've all been there. <laughs> yeah. So. so when you say fear, you mean like, uh, you better follow my plan or you're going to get diabetes and die. Or you mean like uh, fear of like certain foods, like pizza's terrible. Stay away from that. Like, yeah. And there's so many levels to it and it depends okay. on you perceive it. Um, but yeah, both of those would definitely be considered just food fear in general. Gotcha. So, you know, when you were just now talking about short term diets, um, so in your opinion, what is like the ideal way a person should be eating? And that is a loaded question. <laughs> um, it is a little bit. It is a little bit. Yeah. Um, everything is individualized. Um, yeah. And the macros, it comes to calorie counting. Um, it comes to just your exercise in general too. Um, so I'd start with what do you have right now? And what have you tried in the past? What has worked in the past? Let's repeat some of those behaviors. What hasn't worked in the past? Let's take those out. Um, so I'm a big, like I do like good carbohydrates, good fat, good protein and adequate amounts for you. Um, but I wouldn't say paleo is the right way. I wouldn't preach anything like that. Keto. Um, I don't like the labels. Um, but although some of those can be healthy in the long term, um, possibly. So. Yeah, I think um, just in my personal uneducated opinion, like yep. everybody has something that works for them. You know, I mean, I were saying that I have tried a hundred different diets. I probably have, but some things I honestly just feel better on. Like, so I went full on keto and that like fit my lifestyle in that, you know, I wasn't, carbs are my biggest struggle right i've always had like a bad relationship with carbs you give me a whole pack of potato chips i'm gonna crush those and then some french fries and some rice and um so just completely cutting that out was the easiest for me to succeed but wasn't the best in the long run so mm -hmm. then but i did find that i just felt better just kind of felt better on like a lower carb in general diet and i didn't didn't complete them completely cut them out but just in general, I felt better that way. So do you think there's something to that? Like maybe the nutrient makeup might be better for some people than others? Yeah. Um, and one thing I preach with everyone is blood sugar stabilization and just okay. keeping that full throughout the day, um, especially when it comes to weight loss, just feeling better, reducing symptoms in general. It's not just trying to prevent a lot of spikes and a lot of crashes. Um, so with that, yes, carbs and tailoring the carbs that are right for you at the right times definitely do make a big impact. Um, protein intake, meal timing, um, fiber intake, fat intake even. So they all definitely are factors with that. But that's the main thing that I do talk about with a lot of clients. Awesome. Um, so yeah, there's just so many, there's so many diets out here and people are like extremely, um, like dogmatic about it. Like people, if you go to Instagram and kind of type in and type in keto, they will be like keto Michael and in keto Chelsea, like, you know, everybody, they get uh, tied to the, like, it's like their identity or religion. And so that's kind of like a strange thing, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. But it's, it's cult like behavior sometimes I would yeah. say. It is. So do you, do you feel like whenever people go that far the other direction? So like they were really far into being unhealthy and then they go really far into 
a keto or one certain kind of dieting, maybe it's carnivore, maybe it's vegan. And they, do you think that's like a bad behavior to go too far that way too? Yeah. And again, everything's individualized, but it definitely could be. Um, yeah. And I've seen before. So um, yeah, it's what's realistic for you. And that's another benefit of just being and working with a dietitian is talking through it. Like I started into this program. Okay. This isn't working now. What can we do to help? Um, so it's more of that troubleshooting around that versus just one plan for the rest of your life, um, gotcha. which shows does not work, unfortunately. Yeah. So I'm sure with that being said, finding what works for you, I'm sure you see people that come to you with a lot of different problems, right? Like uh, mm -hmm. problems like eating emotionally or, they're just not paying enough attention to their food or any of those kind of things. Um, so a lot of people, I guess, develop because of those develop like a bad relationship with food. So what's kind of like the first step in helping someone like repair their relationship with food? Mm -hmm. um, and it varies from person to person. Um, and some people do need more professional help, but um, if you do have, say, food guilt, food fear, anything like that, just exploring where that feeling is coming from is very beneficial. Um, so just looking deeper into the why behind it um, and exploring when that started, um, what habits led to that, all of that. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess I didn't realize that dietitians are kind of like psychologists too, just going down that <laughs> rabbit hole. Go that far, but we definitely do the <laughs> the behavior change we say <laughs> yeah so one thing that i've noticed doing this podcast i've talked to i think like 10 or 12 people now with all the interviews and everybody had that i've talked to had like a significant shift in their mindset before they were able to make like a substantial change mm -hmm. and in a lot of people this is what i find is that like it's a significant event. Like for me, it's, I went to a doctor and they told me I was like on my way down a bad path, like going to not have a long life. Other people, it's like the birth of a child. And so mm -hmm. what I was interested to kind of ask you is like, if a client comes to you and they're overweight or they're wanting to make a change in some, in any kind of way, but they haven't had that kind of mindset shift, how do you, is it, do you have ways that you can help them through that? Or do you think you have to have some kind of event like that to really change yourself? I mean, I've seen it both ways. Um, I've seen them starting into just a healthier lifestyle and things just click. They're like, I feel better. I perform better at work. I can play with my kids. Just it bleeds into other areas of their life. Um, but really, when someone does come to me, like I ask about their goals, but we deep dive into their goals. So it's not just weight, aesthetics. Um, usually there's another motivator there. Um, so sometimes just meeting with me um, and going through that discovery, you look deeper into everything and look into your why. Yeah, I think it's cool that you call that a discovery call because I'm sure you do discover some self, some stuff about yourself when you're talking about these goals, right? And I was talking about on the last podcast, like um, having goals and having them be meaningful um, in like a deeper reason, because that's what's going to motivate you in the long run, give you the self-discipline. Um, so when people are setting goals, what kind of um, what kind of advice do you give them on setting goals? Yeah, um, 
usually when they do meet with me, we go through just a year. So where do they want to be in a year? Um, and they almost always give me a weight goal, which is totally fine. Um, but we look into just other goals too. Um, definitely define that. Um, and throughout the time that I meet with people, I'm always asking them each week, okay, how are you feeling? How are you sleeping? How's the energy level? So we go into little wins versus just that weight. Um, and I think that helps just keep that motivation going. Yeah, I think that's really good. I always say, uh, on set on this podcast, a bunch is that, uh, success is contagious. And I like truly believe that. So like I will cheer for myself for like the littlest thing, because that just like gives me the confidence to keep going. It's like, you know, I, um, I've made the right choice. Like I didn't, you know, I had a contractor brings in all kinds of donuts. I have one instead of having like a whole box. And I'm like, you know, that's a win for that's a win for this. And I just use that to go into my next situation. It's like, okay, I did this one. I go that. But so with that said, it can also go the other way, right? Like you kind of exactly. fall off the wagon and you do eat that whole box of donuts. And then you go to dinner and you're like, well, I already like ruined my day. So now I'll eat three or four pieces of pizza so how do you kind of bring those people back and get them centered when they have fallen off the wagon um I do sometimes look at the reverse direction as well like okay when have you fallen off and it's been a snowball effect so they kind of dive deeper into that um but really it's just reinforcing okay how do they feel like for instance one of my clients this week um they had hit their water goal every day. And then one day it was significantly less. And they're like, I could feel it. I needed to chug water right when I got home. And honestly, that's a win because they notice that difference. Um, so it's really looking into more of their symptoms um, and noticing how this makes them feel. They aren't going to be perfect all the time, but just looking into that correlation, definitely. Yeah. So this is more of, I guess, would be like a technical question, not about mindset yeah. or anything, but what you just brought up is with in the last probably month, I've focused on my water intake more than ever in my entire life. And I feel so much better. Um, yeah. And I'm taking in a lot of water because uh, I'm sweating a ton. But why does that water just make us feel so much better, perform better, sleep better? It seems like it, it helps everything. Yeah. Um, and that's usually the first goal I set with most people, um, but it has a ton of benefits. Um, one, just including detoxification. Um, yeah. Two, especially if you're strength training, most of your muscles are made of water. Um, so definitely beneficial in that area. Um, so just removing all the bad waste is the main thing, though. I so. can de I can definitely feel it. Like uh, yeah. I honestly feel like a whole new person when – um, I've consumed enough water. Do you give a, um, specific like water goal to everyone or does that vary based on your size and activity level and that kind of thing? It does vary. Um, general rule of thumb is about half your body weight in ounces. And then I do add some based on activity. Okay. Awesome. Usually, all right. Is that where you're close to? Uh, yeah, I'm probably like a gallon and a half a day. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but so where I do jujitsu is, is is literally this like uh, metal building with no air conditioner. So it's like 80, 90 degrees and I'm rolling for two hours and I can like wring my clothes out after I'm done. And so I okay. just have to constantly be drinking to stay hydrated. But then yeah. you get to like, a, so if you do drink as much water as I do, are you getting into like a sodium issue where your body like can't 
keep all that? And again, your excessive sweating is the main thing. Um, yeah. With that, we do need that electrolyte replacement. So sodium is definitely one. Um, generally, I recommend just some electrolyte drinks, or it could be just watermelon with Himalayan sea salt, maybe some water with some lemon and sea salt, um, something like that, just to replace those. Um, coconut water is another option. So. So I know we're talking about a lot about water here, but (laughs) that's like one of like the biggest, um, most, I guess, used like weight loss tips that I hear, like make sure you're drinking your water, make sure you're drinking your water. Does water have like an actual benefit to weight loss directly? Or is that more just overall feeling good kind of thing? Yeah. Um, And a lot of these things help in so many different ways. Um, I would say one specifically with the detoxification, um, generally fat cells do cling to just toxins or things that aren't supposed to be in your body. Um, So that helps excrete just some of the extra waste. Um, And generally fat cells are released as well. So does help with that, um, but just increasing energy overall. So that leads into your physical activity. So it's all full circle. So boom, basically the moral of this podcast is that water is really good for you. Yes, it is. (laughs) So kind of going into one of the questions like I get all the time or one of the most common things I hear that people would be like, oh my gosh, you've like lost so much weight. That's awesome. And they'll be like, I don't know how you did it. Like, I can't hardly eat anything. My metabolism's so slow. And like people always like go to their like metabolism. Is that like really like such a big issue or are they just like, are most people eating the wrong foods? I know this is like a very broad question, but yeah, you know, what do you think about that? Um, so metabolism, the word in itself is very broad. Um, yeah. Essentially, it's just how we digest, absorb, and metabolize food. Um, So how we process that food in our body. Um, So yeah, it varies from person to person. It can vary based on genetics. It can vary based on what you're doing throughout the day. Um, So that varies from person to person, but there's ways to um, kind of tweak and alter that, definitely, I would say. Gotcha. So one... um one thing that I've heard a lot and talked to a lot of people about is um, really enforcing strength training um, in the fact that like, you know, gaining muscle requires more calories to sustain it. So is that, um, so if someone has, feels like they have like a low metabolism is like adding muscle a way to boost that? Mm -hmm. Um, So what it does, um, which you essentially just said, it increases your resting metabolic rate. Um, so essentially you burn more calories at rest when we do gain muscle. Um, so that's kind of the rationale with that. Um, but with the strength training, we also need the nutrition appropriate protein on the other side as well. Yeah. So going back to that nutrition side, that's right. So this whole thing is like, can be, you know, very complex, very confusing, um, when if someone in general just wants to get off their couch and just start do you have like just a couple tips like that of what direction you would point them in yeah um so in my first session i can pull this up um so i go over just 10 different habits just to keep them motivated um so we generally just take inventory and see what they are doing what they aren't doing what they might need to do better 
um, so we can see like, okay, what's that first step? And it's generally what just is the easiest for them to start with, the simplest to just um, add to their lifestyle. Um, so my first one is water. <laughs> so we go into just increasing water. Um, I do talk about physical activity too. So even steps per day, there's certain apps for that just to get you moving. Um, and that'll just be a start. Um, some of that strength training, finding just a good community as well. Um, so that's usually like the CrossFit community, for instance, or just a good workout class with um, just a high energy instructor um, with maybe some of your friends can definitely keep you motivated too. Um, so just getting some of that support. Um, I do go into fiber intake, protein intake, carbohydrate intake, and what they need to work on too. Um, so really, it's just analyzing what they're doing right now and what is one to two steps in the right direction. So, yeah, I think that I think that is all like a great starting point and something I wish I had whenever whenever I started this thing. Um, so one thing I heard you talk about there was like, uh, kind of like the community aspect. And, mm -hmm. um, so I think like the community aspect is big for accountability. Um, how big of a role do you think like accountability plays in this, like having an accountability partner? Uh, because I feel, I kind of heard it two ways. Like one, it's kind of like, it's all on you. Like you're the one making the choices. You're the one, um, you're the one doing these things, but then you hear like, build a community around you, make sure you have people to lean on people to help mm -hmm. you, you know, where do you see that? I mean, as humans, we need support. And especially if we're going through a major change, um, that could look different for everyone, though. It doesn't have to be like a big crowded workout class if that's not for you. Um, it could be just trying something that you see possibly online that's simple that you can follow and having your family support you. Um, or your spouse support you, or possibly just working with a trainer, a dietitian, um, and just having that accountability there. Um, or it could be maybe going on a walk with one friend three times a week. Um, but definitely that support is just a big piece to everything. So just finding that in some way that's um, comfortable for you, I would say. Yeah. Um, so one thing else one another thing I kind of wanted to talk about was I know that you are uh that you like the sports nutrition kind of thing and the uh um like working with athletes and stuff so do you feel like uh well we also kind of talked earlier about not being trying not to be as rigid and having more like a natural flow with your food and things like that um mm -hmm. so a lot of times I see like athletes in particular will be like the ones that get very rigid with their food in like um say like bodybuilding for example that's like super super rigid with their food or if someone's training for like a fight they get super rigid do you feel like um that is necessary or like could a lot of athletes be more um i don't want to say relaxed and i guess i'm not putting this question the right way more um i guess free flowing with their food yeah and um that's a case-by-case -case basis i would say um but i am i would say more comfortable in doing meal planning more of that calorie counting um and that type of thing with athletes um they're using that air food to fuel their body um and some of them are professional athletes for instance and they do make money off of their body um so they do need just to fine-tune everything a little bit more 
Um, so that's the big difference with the like high level performance and just, okay, I just want to feel good weight loss, um, that side of things. Yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. So if you, you know, if you want to be like the best of the best, the LeBron James, then you have to be like a hundred percent dialed in, in like nutrition, all this kind of stuff. But if you're trying to like feel good for a pickup basketball game, you might not have to like count every single calorie you can, you know, you yeah. put in your body. And some of that for that instance might be working against you because you might be super hard one direction and then super hard the next. So we're just trying for that balance for that middle road for that general client. Awesome. I know like balance can kind of be hard to find. Like I, I've struggled with that myself of like, you know, I will go super strict key or I have been like super strict keto. And then I was like, okay, now I'm going to try to, you know, and everybody's talking about intuitive eating. Like I'm going to try, try that. So it's really hard, I think for the normal person to kind of find the balance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I would say, and especially going off onto my own, um, I've realized that just it's very polar. Um, so you have like the mindful eating and then you do have like the strict calorie counting on the other side. Um, and everyone's different in what the best approach is for them, honestly. Um, so it's really finding that set point and what's sustainable for you. Um, and it does take time, definitely. And it, it is a process. So when you say finding your set point, what do you mean by that? Um, so generally, um, it's where like a weight you feel comfortable with, a workout routine okay. you feel comfortable with a place where you can like have foods that you enjoy, own it, move on without the guilt. Um, that's a big one too. So just something that's that sustainable set point where you just feel good and you're nourishing your body. Yeah, that would be a good place to find. I need to figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> but I think a lot of people need to figure out figure that out. That's like, uh, yeah, like a large percentage, percentage of people are, are overweight and like aren't working out. How do we... I guess, go about helping people like maybe there's people in your in your family, friends that, you know, you're trying to encourage. Do you have any like tips on how you can do that? Yeah. Um, and I think it probably goes back to that community and that support and just having like a workout buddy, um, just having people around you in the same mindset um, and just encouraging healthy behaviors makes a huge difference. Um, so I'd say looking into your environment and just making an environment conducive to all of this. Yeah. And that makes sense. Like I, um, talked about kind of on, or on the last episode, like I kind of feel like I became overweight because of like, basically like a little bit of my environment, you know, I grew mm -hmm. up in a really small town where there weren't a lot of, um, options as far as like health food stores or and there weren't a lot of like community outreach that tried to um you know educate people about um healthy decisions and stuff like that so you know taking that in the reverse by now you know my all of my best friends essentially are people who work out and they eat healthy and that's what we're talking about and um then i've like i'm you know making a community with this podcast of people that i talk to on social media and you know so the people that i've surrounded myself with they're kind of into that and have become my community and it's really helped in the long run yeah definitely um so yeah you can attest to that that community aspect um, but as you said before, it's again, diving deep into your past and looking into the why 
Um, so I got a lot out of your last podcast. Actually, I listened to it when I was walking my dog this morning. So <laughs> awesome. Which yeah. I think that's probably hard for a lot of people to do because they probably have a, some like trauma or something that they've been through um, that like has a lot of people turn to food, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely one common coping mechanism, I would say. Um, it's more that comfort. So, so what are some of the um, behavioral, I guess, issues that uh, with food that people struggle with? Again, you just have to look into, okay, am I eating this for my health? Is it something that adds to my life? Or am I looking at this menu and I'm afraid of all these cheeseburgers, fries, and I'm only going to get this salad because I'm actually afraid of everything else? Um, or other food causes anxiety, or maybe like my social life has diminished because I'm trying into this lifestyle, which I mean, there's give and take to some of this, but you should still have a social life. And if that's a priority for you, um, then you definitely should value that. Um, so it's really just looking into the anxiety if you can still live your life um, and just keep everything that's valuable for you. So um, analyzing your priorities, I generally say. Yeah, so if, from listening to the last podcast, you probably know like my social life, uh, I definitely love that. And I gave up a little bit of it to get oh, where I am now, make, made some sacrifices. But I also kind of think like making those sacrifices was definitely worth it. And I don't, I didn't like develop a fear. I just like mm -hmm. to make the extreme change that I had to make. I definitely needed to, I needed to sacrifice a little bit, if that makes yeah. sense. And you can look at it in a different way too. I mean, you probably were socializing at, you said you did CrossFit or other things like that. It's just socializing in a different way. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, social life should be important to everyone. It's just looking into how we socialize and maybe there might be some changes that need to be made there. So. True. So let's talk about uh, what we got started on in the beginning that like the physical aspect, you said that you were running some classes and doing some uh, like small, I think, uh, group coaching kind of thing. Mm hmm. Yeah. So um, right now I'm mainly doing one on one, actually. Okay. So I've been looking into this for a while, um, but mainly I have always had an office, so it's mostly just in-person counseling. Um, and then COVID happened and that opened up this whole virtual learning, counseling, et cetera. Um, so mostly I'm doing virtual via Skype um, and it's mostly one-on-one -on -one right now, but I do, I will do group within the next two to three months, so. That's awesome. That's awesome stuff. I mean, with like all the technology and stuff we have now, like there's no reason like you can do something like that. Right. I mean, exactly. yeah, I feel like you can build relationships with people and have really good conversations. Like just like we're doing right now over this stuff. Um, exactly. Do you find it like harder to connect with clients or anything through this? Uh, not after a while. No. Um, really with that, I mean, we still see each other face to face. I still get to know their background. Um, so really, I haven't seen anything that's too different um, with that. So no. Cool. So if uh, people want to um, reach out to you for counseling or know more about your business or your discovery call, any of that kind of stuff, how would they find you? 
Um, they can find me on Instagram, Chelsea Stegman RD, um, or my email is dietitian at chelseastegmanrd.com. Um, but Instagram's probably the easiest um, and easiest to recognize. Awesome. Well, I think that we should uh, probably end this here. I think we had okay. a great, great conversation. And I think, uh, I mean, I think there was a lot of good things to take away from it. Yeah, I'm excited. Awesome. Thanks. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it. Another episode of the Hungry for Success podcast in the books. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. If you guys want to support the show, just click the subscribe button on your podcast app and make sure that you are following us on Instagram at Hungry for Success podcast. And as always, stay hungry and we'll see you next week.